Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Before we get into our passage this week, Heritage Bible Church wants to make sure you ladies out there are aware of an upcoming opportunity this week. Our 2019 Ladies Conference will be held on Friday, September 20th through Saturday, September 21st. This year's theme is Living Wise in a Foolish World. How timely is that? You can find out more and sign up on our website at www.hbc-boise.org. That's www.hbc-boise.org. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're continuing in our sermon series through the book of Mark. The passage this week is Matthew chapters 5 through 7. Now, you may think I just misspoke. It sounded like I said we're in the book of Mark, but the passage is in Matthew. That's correct. Before we complete Mark chapter 2 next week, Pastor Jim wants to prepare us for our continuation by taking a quick look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We don't often cover multiple chapters in a single message on Heritage Bible Radio, but this one sermon by Jesus spans three chapters in the book of Matthew, and it is packed. We know you will be blessed by the slice of the sermon for today's Heritage Bible Radio. As I mentioned in our time around the Lord's table, it was an unusual and extremely busy week for me, and I knew that was coming, and I wanted to make the best use possible of our time in God's Word, so I've been planning for quite a while now to insert something into the flow of our study in the Gospel of Mark. I say insert because it's not recorded in Mark. But if we were to work through Mark and compare the other Gospels, as we do each week, we would find out that the section of Scripture that we're going to focus on this morning is a record of what took place around the end of Mark chapter 3. But that fits the broader context of the time in the life of Jesus that we have been dealing with in Mark 1 and 2 that is known as the Great Galilean Ministry. Great because it was the biggest number of people. Galilean because it took place in Galilee. And also great because it was the largest portion of time in the ministry of Jesus. What am I talking about? Well, I'm sure you figured it out by now. It's the Sermon on the Mount. I studied the Sermon on the Mount many, many years ago. I have taught it in Sunday school classes and smaller groups and all of that, but it, it wasn't until about 25 years ago that I preached through the Sermon on the Mount. There are uh, somewhere around here 26 CDs, if you ask nicely, we can make them available to you, um, that are a record of those messages on this portion of the Bible that has so profoundly affected me and countless others. These three wonderful chapters record the longest public sermon that we have from Jesus. 
He may well have spoken longer than this other times. There may have been other such things, but this one is recorded for us. It is so inclusive of absolutely essential matters that it has been called the manifesto of the kingdom of heaven. Remember the message that Jesus preached? Same message that John preached. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And this sermon is an elaboration on that. Even my father, who was not at all religious, talked as if the Sermon on the Mount was precious to him. Now, he never told me that he read it, never caught him reading it. Don't know if he knew where it was written down, but he would speak of living by the Sermon on the Mount. Sounded really spiritual, and that's about as spiritual as he got with me uh, in my growing up years. Never actually quoted any of the Sermon on the Mount except his own version of the Golden Rule, which I'll talk about a little bit later. But I remember my surprise when I became a Christian, and for the first time, I actually read this fantastic portion of the Word of God. So we're going to take a very quick view of the Sermon on the Mount this morning. <laughs> and let me set it up for you. What is the context of the Sermon on the Mount? There are a few observations that are in order. First of all, in the life of Jesus, this fits near the end of the second year of Jesus's public ministry. So roughly a year and a half before the crucifixion. It was toward the end of that period of time we've called the Great Galilean Ministry, where Jesus taught extensively, did miracles extensively in the northern region of Israel, not called Galilee. And as I said, in the Gospel of Mark, it would fit around the end of chapter 3. You can compare a harmony of the Gospels and see exactly where chronologically it fits in. More specifically, this sermon was given on a very special day in the ministry of Jesus, just after Jesus had publicly designated the twelve apostles. It was on that very same day. At the beginning of His ministry, Jesus called the twelve, and we've seen the call of a few of them in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, but it wasn't until the end of the second year that they'd been with Him that He designated these twelve as the apostles. Much of that last year was devoted to their training. There was less and less public teaching of Jesus, more and more private time with Jesus and uh, His apostles and His other closest uh, followers. This is, as I mentioned, this whole sermon is Jesus' detailed explanation of what He meant by repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and, and how to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, if you have repented and chosen to follow the king. It describes the life of a person who has been transformed by the grace of God by repenting and turning to Christ and having his citizenship or her citizenship transferred to the kingdom of heaven. Now, who originally heard this sermon? Well, we're introduced to that at Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, before the actual sermon begins. It says this, When Jesus saw the crowds, He went up on the mountain, and after He sat down, His disciples came to Him. He opened His mouth and began teaching them, saying, and then He launches into the sermon. Crowds, you're not surprised by that, right? We've been seeing it in, in Mark this was during the height of Jesus' popularity. Every place he went, 
crowds came to him. True believers followed him as a matter of obedience and discipleship. But so did the curious and the thrill seekers who wanted to see another miracle. There were the ones who hadn't made up their minds yet, but they couldn't resist this compelling, incredible man. And so it was a mixed multitude of people. And it says, when he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. Now, that's an interesting terminology. Um, he, he probably used the mountain or hill kind of as an amphitheater to make it possible to be heard by more. We don't know for sure which mountain this refers to, but when you hear sermon on the mount, it's because he climbed up a little bit to talk. The site that is traditionally believed to be the place is just north of the Sea of Galilee. That doesn't surprise us because uh, he made Capernaum, Peter and Andrew's home, his headquarters while he was in uh, Galilee. Um, The word mountain, we who live in places like Idaho have to smile at it. It's not much of a mountain. Come to Israel with me in a few months. I'll show it to you. It's a bump, all right? It wouldn't even qualify as a ski hill. You'd do cross-country skiing probably on, on this one. As a matter of fact, this lofty mountain, the tip of it is well below sea level. Okay, the whole Sea of Galilee and down to the Jordan Sea is in the Jordan Rift, or down to the Dead Sea is in the Jordan Rift. It's all below sea level. But it is a beautiful setting. It overlooks that huge, majestic lake called the Sea of Galilee from which the Jordan River flows southward to the Dead Sea. And if you're sitting on the hill where this sermon was believed to be delivered, if you, if you looked over your right shoulder, you'd be looking up into the hill country of Galilee, and there you would find Nazareth, where Jesus was from, where Joseph and Mary lived. Behold, uh, below the hill, and a little bit to your left, you would see Capernaum, the town that uh, was the home of Peter and Andrew, and they operated their fishing enterprises there, as did James and John. Farther to your left, you, you could look up and you could see the famous Golan Heights, made more famous in the last century with the, uh, the Six-Day War there. And we learned from uh, Luke 6, which is a uh, the parallel passage timing-wise to this, that Jesus went up on this mountain, this bump, to, to pray, and that he prayed all through the previous night. And then in the next morning, he named the 12 disciples as the apostles. Then the Sermon on the Mount was delivered later that day. It's likely, it seems likely to me, that Jesus announced this day probably before it happened. He probably said for a day or two that something significant was going to happen. With the special preparation of all night in prayer, with the public declaration identifying the twelve who were going to be the primary ones to launch the project of carrying the gospel to the world, with this free flow of miracles and this, this sudden gathering of a huge crowd, it makes me think Quite possibly, Jesus orchestrated this day to be special, and this was the centerpiece message of this day. Now, the people who were there that day were the immediate recipients of these blessed truths. As I said, the mixed multitude, disciples and and, uh, curiosity seekers, and, you know, who knows who all was there. But it is in the plan of God that these things were written down in this form by Matthew 
for those of us who would become disciples many generations later. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.